0: This is the HuffPost Love and Sex Podcast.
1: Each month, we explore love and sex by asking a single question. To find the answers, we speak with experts and listeners like you.
0: This episode contains explicit material. Please proceed with caution.
1: I'm Noah Michelson.
0: And I'm Karina Kolodny.
1: This week's question is, what is sex like after seventy?
0: Here are some thoughts from around the HuffPost newsroom. Sex after 70. Um, it's very courageous, certainly. Um, as long as there are no photos for me to look at, I uh, fully support it. Loose skin and old balls. Gross. <laughs> I mean, go for it, right? Amen. Amen.
2: What else is there to live for?
0: I really aspire to have sex after
2: 70. Uh, yes please. As long as I can drive, I'm sure I can still have sex.
0: Yeah, I'll probably be doing it in the nursing home. I think that in a way, while it's interpreted as being gross to think about, it's really beautiful that people who are over 70
3: are having sex with people whom they love.
0: Do it, have it, have fun, go for it. There's no reason to not have sex after 70. People may not know the schematics of sex after 70, and they may be wary of contemplating the possibilities. But even if you don't want to imagine your life at 70, do you really want to imagine your life without sex?
1: I would rather be dead.
0: (laughs) Seriously. I'm sure a lot of people don't want to think about it. But is anyone that's listening totally fine with the idea of just saying, "Okay, I'm at that age. My sex life is over.
1: I highly doubt it. And if you are... Email us at loveandsexpodcast@huffingtonpost.com, at and we will personally stage an intervention. Sex after 70 seemed like a brave new world, but after speaking with people who are in their 70s and enjoying themselves and their partners, it all seems natural and very much a part of life.
4: My name is Prissy, and I am 75 years young. My husband and I have been married for 58 years and they weren't all terrific but <laughs> uh it gets better and better. What do
1: you think is important for someone over 70 to know about uh, about sex?
4: Well, I think it's very important to be extremely intimate. Uh uh you know otherwise you're just uh just living together like buddies and uh, you know it just helps to keep the relationship more romantic.
1: What do you think people have to look forward to as they get older when it comes to sex?
4: Well, this is my own personal opinion, of course. I think that without being sexual, you just sort of exist. I don't know. I mean, there are other things that are very important, but the connection physically, I think, is also important.
1: Prissy is a grandmother from New Orleans, and she asked to remain anonymous. When she said, without being sexual, you just sort of exist, it really hammered home how much we as a society tend to erase the lives and experiences of older people when it comes to sex, and how unrealistic and ultimately unfair that really is.
0: The stories we're going to share in this episode made us laugh, they made us cry, but best of all, they made us get excited for growing old and having sex.
1: But not with each other. We'll get back to the stories in a minute. But let's first address the health and physical aspects of sex after 70. Everyone we spoke with is sexually active, but they also had to deal with the physical and mental challenges of growing older.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Madeline Castellanos. I'm a psychiatrist and I specialize in sex therapy here in New York City. So I have all age ranges of clients, really. I've seen them as young as in their early 20s. And then I have some older couples who, for reasons of menopause, surgery, physical illness they have sexual dysfunction and they want to see how they can improve that in their lives as well. We
0: met Dr. Castellano through Ian Kerner, who spoke with us for our podcast about the clitoris. They both collaborate on goodinbed.com and are wonderful advocates for sex positivity and
2: overall sexual health. I think there's huge misconceptions about sex for older people because in the media, movies, you know, magazines, we always see sex belonging to young people and It's almost like they use the older population for comic relief, you know, if it is about sex, which is sad because then I get a lot of patients saying to me, well, you know, my body doesn't really respond the way it used to, so maybe I'm just not meant to continue having sex. And sex is part of the way that your body regulates its hormones, deals with stress, helps you bond. It helps all of your bodily processes really come together. And I think it is part of your overall health. So I would say that the misconception is that it's not supposed to happen and that it can't happen. I think sex, especially when you're older, can be a very positive, wonderful, enjoyable thing.
1: It's ironic, but Dr. Cassiano notes that some of the things that we might do when we're younger to try and look sexy, like smoking cigarettes or partying all night, can actually have a negative impact on our sex lives when we're older.
2: Nicotine happens to be one of the most potent vasoconstrictors that is used nowadays. And so when you smoke a cigarette, your arteries literally clamp up. And they've done studies showing that with young guys, you know, young guys in their 30s, smoking a cigarette, and they try to do a Doppler to see the blood flow of the dorsal artery to the penis, and it's completely clamped down. Like, they can't even visualize it. And it takes 30 minutes for the effect of a cigarette to wear off. So... That is going to make a huge impact on your blood flow, which of course, you know, you need that for arousal, for erection, for both men and women to get their erectile tissue full. And over time, smoking actually does damage the lining of your arteries. So there's an acute effect, and then there's a long-term effect also.
0: But smoking is a choice that people make, and we were interested in the inevitable realities of aging and how they can affect sexual activity. For women, the biological concern that's mostly discussed is menopause.
2: And this very interesting thing happens at menopause, which is estrogen starts to decline. And when estrogen declines, a protein that binds both estrogen and testosterone and carries it around the bloodstream also declines. But that protein holds on to testosterone stronger than anything else. So, women in menopause, years after menopause, has you know happened can actually have the same testosterone level as they did in their 20s and that means that they're just as interested they're just as motivated they have just as much energy so what sometimes hinders women is when their estrogen really really drops because we know that estrogen is very important for the release of dopamine it actually facilitates the release of dopamine and so it also maintains the vaginal tissues so one thing is, you know, in your mind, do you want to have sex? And then the second thing is in your body. Like, is, does it hurt when you have sex? Or is it still enjoyable when you have sex? So both of those things need to be working well. Now, for older women especially, the more they maintain regular sexual activity, the less sexual dysfunction they have. And that's because the body really works with a use-it-or-lose-it phenomenon. So when they're using it, right, and getting it, then they have more blood flow, and that helps maintain those vaginal tissues.
0: And what does the doctor recommend for overcoming
2: atrophy? Well, I'm a big proponent in masturbation, and I always tell people, hey, if you're not having sex on a regular basis, and there's many reasons why people aren't going to be having sex on a regular basis, I tell women especially, you know, do a little vibrator therapy, and that is using a vibrator internally, so I'll say, get up, nice, hard, plastic vibrator. So, you know, your body doesn't react to hard plastic. And you can use it with silicone lubes, like something like wet platinum that doesn't feel too thick and really coats everything as nice and slick. And just, you know, it doesn't have to be huge, just a small one will work. And you slide it in the vagina, you turn it on, and you leave it there for 10 minutes. And with that vibration, it brings the blood flow to those tissues that you would be getting otherwise from having sexual activity. I think that's important for men too, I mean, not just for women. I think if they're not having sex on a regular basis, they probably should be masturbating several times a week. And we know that just like women that have continued sexual activity have less sexual dysfunction, when guys get erection several times a week, that actually is protective for their erection later on in life.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Madeline just asked you to masturbate several times a week. Those are doctor's orders. Men don't have to worry about menopause, but they do experience a decrease in hormones too.
2: So for men, naturally, there's also a decrease in their hormone levels as time goes on, and it does get more pronounced after their 40s. So, you know, a man in his 80s, for example, could have a fraction of the testosterone that he did when he was 20, and we know that testosterone helps maintain nerve tissues. But the interesting thing is that we don't really see a direct correlation between testosterone levels and sexual activity. So I've seen guys in their 30s with great testosterone levels in my office saying, I don't have any desire to have sex at all. And guys that are 80 that you can't stop them. I mean, (laughs) they're out there trying to hit on everybody and everything. And and we also know that when people have sexual activity, that actually boosts their testosterone levels. And so people are starting to think differently now about testosterone. And perhaps it's, and and this is what I think too, that it's a reaction to what's happening in your life, not necessarily the driver of what's happening in your life.
1: It's nice to know that sex drive isn't dependent on high testosterone levels. But what about that infamous little blue pill? It seems like all too often Viagra is touted as some kind of magical boner cure-all. But what about the risks that can come with it?
2: So for Viagra, there are some serious side effects that you have to think about. And if you are on something like nitroglycerin for your heart, then you can't really be using those medications. You can have a dangerous drop in blood pressure. Some people, because of the changes in blood pressure, will get a tremendous amount of back pain or leg pain. Some people have hearing loss. Some people have visual loss. And for the hearing loss and visual loss, sometimes it's permanent. And there are also... I heard recently of a study that showed that there may be an increase in chance for melanoma for people who use PDE5 inhibitors. But sex
1: is about a lot more than just getting insanely hard and penetrating for hours on end.
2: You can use so many different things to give pleasure. You know, penis is one, fingers, lips, tongue, toys. We have anything and everything to choose from. And the more you have on your sexual repertoire menu then the more variation you have and the more you can mix it up and have fun.
0: It's important to have a variety of tools in the toolbox and have a general willingness to explore and try new things. One woman that truly understands this and is devoted to educating others is Joan Price.
3: I'm Joan Price. I call myself an advocate for for ageless sexuality. What that translates to is I write and speak about senior sex. I'm the author of several books about senior sex. Uh, The most recent is The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50. When I was 61, I wrote my first senior sex book at 61. It was better than I ever expected, straight talk about sex after 60. It was to celebrate older age sexuality because I didn't see anything out there that was reflecting my experience. I was newly in love with a, a partner who was seven years older than I was. And oh my gosh, the, the sex we were having was so exhilarating that I changed careers over it. And I never looked back. I'm so happy I'm doing this work. The older I get, the more important it, it feels. I mean, usually the older we get, we think we're aging out of our career. I'm just coming into my own here.
1: What we loved about Joan's story is that she found love and her dream career later in life. It gives me hope that I can still someday be a porn star or a helicopter pilot.
0: But not at the same time.
1: Or maybe at the same time.
0: (laughs) Anyway, I think post-retirement or post-a-certain-age, so many people just think, well, that's about it. But not Joan. She took her sex life to a whole new level, both in relationships and by herself.
3: Well, it certainly did throughout my relationship with my great love, Robert, the one who started all of the senior sex work for me. Um, he died in 2008. So, you know, for me now, I'm exploring, um, well, a lot of sex toys and dating again and having new partners. But there is just nothing like being in love with your partner for great sex and... Uh, And that I haven't experienced again.
1: I think this is the part of the interview when Karina and Caitlin started to tear up.
3: It's
0: true. We've discussed the physical challenges of sex after 70, but one of the biggest emotional challenges that people face has to be the loss of a partner.
3: Um, So many of us, unfortunately, have lost a partner. Uh, sometimes through later life divorce, more often through death. The longer we live, the more obvious it is that one of us is going to die first. Now that's true, that's true as young people too. We never know how much time we have. And you know, I I see people say kissing on a street corner, holding hands in the park, and I walk up to them and I say, treasure each other. And they always say back, oh we do, and they smile at me. And that, uh, you can tell, is very moving to me because when Robert and I were together, we knew, uh, we met at I, at, when I was 57 and he was 64, and we fell in love so hard and so uh, magnificently, and yet we always knew, gosh, how much time do we have? And wish I'd met you younger, but let's Let's totally embrace and celebrate and not waste a minute of the time we have left. And two years into the relationship, he was diagnosed with cancer. We, we then, it really brought home, oh my gosh, we knew we didn't have forever, but now we really don't have forever. And for a while, his, um, his cancer was in remission, and then it wasn't. And then when he got very sick and he knew he was dying he said to me promise that you'll keep doing your work because it's so important he had seen the reaction to my book my only my first book had been written at that point but he saw the reaction and he and I shared with him all the emails i was getting that led to my second book where people would write to me and say well bully for you having great sex but <clears throat> but i'm not Uh, because I'm having these problems, and here's what's going on for me. And when I talked to Robert about these emails, I was getting questions about, about vaginal pain and erectile dysfunction and lack of communication in a relationship and so many other things that were going on for people, and we agreed that I needed to write another book addressing these problems. And that's why he said to me, please promise me that, You'll keep doing this work. And at the time, and I have to share with you, at the time, I said, I'll promise you everything. Just don't die. And he said, I don't have control over that, but you need to keep doing this work. And at first, after he died, I wasn't capable of doing anything. But my promise to him kept coming back, and those emails kept coming in. Whatever was going on in my personal life, there were people that needed my help, and they needed answers to these questions, and I knew the answers, or I could find the answers, and I finally said, okay, I I just need to get back to this. I I need to help the people who need me, and in doing that, I honor Robert. I honor what we shared. I honor her love. So... Since then, I wrote Naked at Our Age, talking out loud about senior sex, and my new one, of course, The Ultimate Guide to Sex After 50, and I dedicate both to him. I got really emotional with that. I hope that's all right.
5: Hello everyone. My name is Angus White. It's spelled
1: A-N-G-U-S-W-H-Y-T-E. I live in San Francisco, California, and have been back here for twenty years now. Angus White is 77 years old. He's a Fulbright scholar, was contracted with the US State Department to teach mobile cinema in the Congo Republic, and subsequently studied Baroque music in Amsterdam. He's owned his own art gallery renovated ancient stone buildings in France, and worked as a development consultant for LGBT equality campaigns.
0: Yes, folks, he's a real person. And if you're feeling bad right now about what you've accomplished in life, don't worry. Noah isn't done yet.
1: He spent 15 years directing Art for Healing, whose mission was to collect and place original works of art in hospitals and healthcare facilities. His book of memoirs, After Dinner Tales, was published in 2013, and he's presently working on his next book of stories, which are of the erotic variety.
5: I have a partner who with whom I've been living now for more than uh, 15 years. We are not monogamous, and we have a, a very open and wonderful friendship and relationship. I am older now, and I never thought I would get to be this old. So many of my f- friends died During the AIDS epidemic, during the 80s, I must have lost two or three hundred people. I mean, good friends, people I knew well. And I survived that. I never stopped having sex, but I survived it. And I think that's some kind of miracle. And I'm still having sex. I don't have it as much because, you know, I'm 77 years old and I used to be able to have sex once a day or sometimes two or three times a day. I can't do that anymore. But if I have sex every two or three days or four days or five, that's okay. That's great. And um, as I said, my partner is a massage therapist, as am I, and we like touch. We're very happy to give each other massages, even if we don't feel like having sex. Sometimes the massages lead to sex, and sometimes they don't. It depends how tired we are.
0: Noah clearly left out Angus's massage training. There's just so much to remember. (laughs) It seems like the transition that Angus is talking about here is one of quality over quantity, and that for him, it's let him really appreciate the whole experience more.
5: The thing that's better is I'm not so driven by it. Um, I used to be driven by it. If I didn't have it at least once a day, I was really uncomfortable and unhappy. And now I'm not that way anymore. I mean, having a, a partner helps, of course, because there's somebody there all the time. But I'm, I'm not out seeking it the way I used to. I used to go to bars and clubs and, and bathhouses and all of those things that we did. I used to cruise on the streets in the 50s and 60s and 70s and pick up guys because it was so easy back then. You'd meet a nice guy and invite him home and he'd spend the night. You'd have coffee in the morning and he'd go his way and you'd go yours and Uh, It was easy, very simple. But, you know, since AIDS, life hasn't been simple for a lot of people and sex hasn't been simple for a lot of people. I think that's really a pity. And I really admire Joseph Kramer because he was the one who invented the body electric school and the practice of teaching people massage so that they can be close without necessarily having sex.
1: As Dr. Castellano said earlier in the episode, it really is about using it or losing it, but that doesn't just mean full-on penetrative sex. Other kinds of sexual and sensual activities, from massage to oral, can also help keep people healthy and satisfied. Now, let's revisit the phone conversation I had with Prissy. I think she had some amazing insight on what we can do to help overcome the misconceptions about sex after 70.
4: I think that particularly young people would go, yeah, (laughs) you know, like it, it's, um, they don't think that we are, we have the same feelings that they do, Mm -hmm. uh, sexual, I mean.
1: And, and so what would you say to a young person who is saying, ugh, about it, you know, how, how would you explain your position to them?
4: Oh, I would just say, um, I don't know, I guess, do you think, you know, do you think you're much different from me? Um, you know, do you think your feelings are maybe more intense? Uh I don't I guess that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: It's a little difficult to answer that one. No, it's okay. That's, that's what I would say.
1: That's great. Do you think that your your own personal views about sex have changed as you've gotten older? Do you think you've gotten more um experimental or, you know, how, how the way you think about sex, how has that changed as you've gotten older?
4: I think I've just gotten more, uh, loose. Um, just anything goes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was younger, I was more uptight.
1: And, and what do you, you know, what do you chalk that up to? Why, why as you've gotten older, do you think you've gotten less uptight?
4: Uh, just a lot of familiarity, with my mate and uh, just just comfortable with myself
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Is sex something that you talk about with with your friends or, or with other people? Is that something that you know is, is a a topic of conversation?
4: Never never. Uh, like if I try and say something to my kids and they are older adults you know they don't want to hear it it just sort of upsets them to think that my husband and
0: i are intimate Mm
1: -hmm. do you wish that you could have those conversations
0: yeah no i'd love to (laughs) i understand why a lot of people would not want to hear the explicit details of their parents sex lives strangely enough i know too many of the explicit details of my grandparents sex lives because my grandmother was a writer and one of her specializations was erotica. So from the time I was about 12 on, I read some things that at the time I probably would have rather not heard or known. But I think it's kind of awesome now.
1: I think it's totally awesome. And I agree. I don't need to know my grandma's favorite position, but I do want older people to feel like they have a voice and that they're being heard when it comes to
0: sex. Definitely. But I don't think it's just that older people don't have a voice. I think it's that the voice that any of us have when it comes to sex is is sort of muted to these baseline conversations. We don't go deeper or, or talk about the realities of having sex.
1: I think when society thinks of older people having sex, I think, number one, it's like you said when you try and talk to your kids and they say, ugh, I don't want to talk about that. But I also think they don't think that older people, you know, probably engage in some of the sex that, that younger people do. Is that true or not true? I mean, do, do you or do older people, do you think, do they like porn, do they use toys, or is that something that is, is less part of, of sex for you?
4: Um. Well, I think when I was younger, I probably got more turned on by pornography because it was something new. Uh, and, but, I mean, toys are still part of it, you know, um, and pornography really is uh, something that my husband likes a lot. And sometimes it really, I find it stimulating.
1: What's your best piece of advice about having a satisfying sex life when you're, when you're over 70?
4: Oh, uh, boy, you got some goodies here. <laughs> uh, what is my best piece of advice? Uh, just, I think it's important for each partner to make the other partner feel like they're very special. Uh, that they are appreciated, and it's nice sometimes. Uh, I don't know. It just um, it, it can get boring unless you do things to stimulate each other. I, I don't know how how if I said that right, but <laughs> it's very weird to be talking about this. So, you understand what I said? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, That that
4: would be my advice, to keep working at keeping a loving relationship, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you think the way that women's sexuality has... How have you seen that change over the years? Since, you know, you were 20, how is the way that, that society thinks about sexuality for women? How has that changed?
4: Oh, that's changed tremendously. Uh, I was married at 17, Mm. knew nothing about sex. My mother never had a conversation with me. There was never exposure to any kind of sexuality. I think Playboy, not Playboy, it was Esquire, was the only magazine that had one centerfold of something sensual. And, you know, it was very exciting if you could sneak a peek at that. I mean, but between birth control pills and... I I find that the culture today is just really open. I mean, you know, people live together and it's not shunned upon. There's a lot of uh, unwed mothers not shunned upon. All this stuff growing up was something that was like unheard of. You know, you didn't fool around till you, well, this is my experience. You weren't supposed to have sex till you were married. And That's it. Uh, You know, and certainly you were not supposed to have a child out of wedlock. And we weren't, you know, I, when I got married, I did not know what birth control was. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's the truth. I learned pretty quickly (laughs) that that's the difference that I see. I mean, it's a different world.
1: Do you think that that difference is a good thing or a bad thing or, or neither? Or, you know, how do you think about how much things have changed?
4: Um. Oh boy, I, that's a good one hmm. I'm sorry I didn't have more sexual freedom um, I think it's not a bad thing as long as you're careful And I think it's good to know the difference between lust and love And you, you can't know it if you haven't had any exposure You know what I'm saying?
1: You are a very wise woman
4: Oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Karina, we've come to that time again where you tell me what you've learned. So what did you learn about sex after 70?
0: It's interesting because I'm at such a different place in my life. I feel like all the people that I'm surrounded with are like, what happens when I turn 30? Like, can I still be sexy after 30? So sex after 70 is, is kind of a stretch for me.
1: Just a side note, you definitely can be sexy after 30.
0: Clearly, you're living proof. Thank you. But I think it showed me that, and hopefully showed some other people too, that it's not something that just has an expiration date your sex life doesn't have to die out it can change and it can continue evolving as you grow older and have the same partner or have different partners it's not really about aging I guess is what it seemed to be the takeaway for me
1: yeah I totally agree I think it's a state of mind and I also think that we've heard from a lot of people today that you know it's more about intimacy than just pure sex just the idea of you know two people like just pumping away in a room. That's not what people are looking for when they get older. And I think that they can concentrate on really connecting with someone, really getting to know their own bodies, knowing each other's bodies. And that sounds like the ultimate healthy way to approach it.
0: Well, and intimacy too, in terms of figuring out what they want and what they like and pursuing that as opposed to pursuing what they think they're supposed to be pursuing. I think You know there were multiple mentions of of like vibrators and toys and and using those on themselves and exploring their bodies and I think there are even women who are scared about not being sexy after 30 that haven't done that Mm -hmm. yet so I wish people didn't have to wait you know to have sort of more of this freedom and feel like they were less boxed in by all of these cultural narratives and norms that we build around ourselves. And now we've come to the end of this week's Love and Sex Podcast. Please download, rate, review, and subscribe to our show on iTunes.
1: If we get more gold stars this episode, HuffPost will launch a kinky retirement community of our own.
0: Thanks to our producer Caitlin Baguki and to Jorge Corona for production assistance.
1: Our next episode is about a femdom micronation called Other World Kingdom. Make sure to tune in.
0: after
3: 70 oh boy i think it's fantastic actually what oh no did you sell me out about my grandma
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh can we talk about your grandma absolutely not (laughs)